It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. More thoughts on the commander's staff as they continue to add from Logan Paulson coming up at 4.30. Little take command preview, although I do think that podcast might be out now. We recorded it a little earlier today. Uh, we also did our, our mock draft 1.0, uh, Anthony, so that's, that's exciting. Mock draft 1.0 is, is done, and it almost got ruined. I don't know, did you see my tweet earlier today? Of, of what happened when I fired up the old mock draft simulator? I did not. So I fired up PFF's mock draft simulator, and uh, I wanted to obviously do a mock draft that was realistic, and um, that's going to involve Caleb Williams going first. And uh, the mock draft simulator put uh, Drake May first. And I was like, excuse me? Well, that makes this pretty uninteresting. I'm going to take Caleb Williams. That's actually funny. <laughs> Here's the dumb part. So I then refired it up to get it ready because that was just my test draft. And I accident I made a I made a whoopsie. I accidentally put uh the uh what's it called? I put oh I only did one round. That's what the mistake I made. So we get to the end, we were gonna go through pick forty, and I was like, oh crap, I gotta refire up, I gotta do another draft hold on, and we're doing this live on the podcast. We're not live on the podcast. We're recording this on the podcast. Three more times, it puts Drake May first. To the point that I actually took control of Chicago's pick, and then I realized I made the same mistake that I initially made, did a, a only a first round, and so it, then I finally got it to take Caleb Williams. We took Jaden Daniels. Well, I guess I just ruined it. Uh, we took Jaden Daniels, and then we you have to listen to see what we did with picks 36 and 40. But I was like, are you kidding me right now? How many rounds did you do? We just did two. Okay. I got to say, I like where the commanders are at. A lot of good football players on the on the board at 36 and 40. We got some linemen? Yeah. Got a, a tight end? Not with those picks. Got a, a wide receiver? Not with those picks, but we could have. We chose right, to go I'm, different I'm, directions. I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys do with 36 and 40 there. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. We got Logan's maybe his favorite player in the draft at thirty six. Offensive lineman, uh, not offensive lineman. Wow, that really piques my interest. In. Well, you Anthony, like everybody else, can listen to Take Command wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Forty, we took an offensive lineman whose brother is on the team currently. Hmm, I gotta I, think about it. If you uh, if you know. You know who we took. If you're not that locked into the draft, you'll learn about it over the next couple of months, in large part by listening to this show. Uh, the news of the day, though, is that the commanders have continued adding to their staff, and they add Anthony Lynn, who is a fascinating hire because he is a guy that has extensive history with multiple different types of run schemes. And I think what is starting to come together is a cohesive vision for this staff and the one thing that I feel pretty good saying is that uh, they're going to run it out of shotgun, or they're going to be in shotgun a lot, Anthony, um, which was not necessarily guaranteed because, and who knows, maybe they'll they'll surprise us and, and all these guys have worked with different stuff. But um, Cliff Kingsbury in 2021 wasn't in shotgun quite as much as you'd think. Like Kyler was actually under center um, a decent amount, even though he runs the air raid stuff. Um, and he was in shotgun certainly a lot. But I think what you've seen as a connective tissue of this offensive staff is guys who have a variety of experience with 
mobile quarterbacks and playing out of the gun. And so you think about Bobby Johnson in New York. And obviously the thing that stands out the most is they took a bleep ton of sacks. But what did we learn, those of us that really were willing to pay attention last year about sacks? They are a quarterback stat as much as anything. They are a big-time quarterback stat. And you had Daniel Jones, who wasn't particularly good at avoiding them. You had Tyrod Taylor, who has never been particularly good at avoiding them. And you had uh, Tommy DeVito, who uh, didn't even know where they were coming from the first couple of weeks and then got a little bit better as time went. Um, but what you, what also did you have? Uh, you had mobile quarterback in Daniel Jones, mobile quarterback in Tyrod, and they used those guys effectively as runners. Um, they weren't, you know, when Tyrod got in there, their passing game got a little bit better, and, you know, Tyrod would get the ball out, and the sack numbers definitely came down some when Tyrod was in the game. Um, but what you also would see is really innovative use of some RPO game, which is obviously a big part of what Cliff has done in, in varying stops. And you saw some big runs from Saquon Barkley, which some of those are Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. And I actually did have an interesting, uh, someone asked earlier uh, in the YouTube comments, like, do you think this means they could pursue Saquon? I don't think so because I don't know that at this stage of the rebuild, you want to go and attack the running back position with a lot of money. But it's also interesting enough, and they have the most cap space in the league, um, so it's interesting enough that I didn't immediately go like, definitely not. Um, but that's that's kind of the Bobby Johnson side of it. Then you got Brian Johnson. What has he got a lot of experience with? Well, this past year, it was a lot of, let's throw the ball to our receivers outside. What does that sound like? Air raid. Sounds like, let's attack the edges. That's what Cliff has been. But two years ago, and, and a lot of that apparently was Nick Sirianni. Um, that's kind of the, the rumblings out of Philly. Um, so then what does Brian Johnson have a lot of experience with? A lot of RPO game, a lot of quarterback run. Jalen Hurts, that's his guy. Um, he coached uh, with Anthony Richardson at Florida. Like, there's a lot of, of stuff there uh, in terms of continuity. And then now you bring in Anthony Lynn, who has helped Kyle Shanahan continue to develop that run game and taught those running backs really well. Obviously, look, he's got Christian McCaffrey, um, but has had a lot of success in Buffalo and other places with some gap scheme stuff, with some zone stuff. And so the ability, and, and I think the thing that you hear about Anthony Lynn a lot is he's pretty good at marrying the pass and run. And so now he has got someone in his, in his staff, if you're Cliff, who has experience doing the things that you have tried to do, but maybe haven't executed on at the highest level um, in marrying pass and run, getting an effective, creative, detailed up running game. And then you're the pass game guy. And all of a sudden, if it works, this looks like a really good staff. Now you still do have the question of how do they work together? What is it that, uh, what is it that, you know, from a, a style standpoint, from a communication standpoint, what is it they, that they implement to make sure that there's clear messaging to the players and good coaching and good teaching and all of those things. But on a baseline level, Ant, I feel like they actually have put something together here that makes a little bit more sense than I feel like it did when you first start hearing some of the names last week. Yeah, I definitely think uh, it looks 
a little bit better. And that's part of the problem. I, f- I feel like a lot of people get impatient or we're like too quick to like judge as opposed to, you know, uh, let things play out. And I actually seen uh, Jeremy Reese tweet out uh, earlier today, like the Adam Peters and, you know, Josh here, they've been playing chess, not checkers. And I just feel like that just goes to show like trust in the process, you know, waiting and um, allowing things to develop. Now, I will say we still don't have an an assistant uh, head coach. So I, I think we're also still monitoring and uh, looking at that because um, I think that's also an important position that we need to, I guess, still wait for, but also address. Right. And, and that's, you know, there, there's still obviously room for more. And I think that you have, you know, also you you hit some of the boxes that you need to hit from the personality standpoint, right? You see – some cotton or some guys that have worked with Cliff before. You know, the tight ends coach uh, has worked with Kingsbury before. You see some guys that have worked with these players before. You know, they they keep Bobby Ingram and Tavita Pritchard. Um, so all of those things are, are, I think, things that you want to see. You want some level of continuity, some different ideas, and it's just a matter of bringing them together. But I think what you also see, and I'll be interested uh, tomorrow, 2 30 here on the Team 980. Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr.'s press conference. Uh, I'd imagine Russell is carrying that live. Um, but, you know, it, it he'll be asked about this. But, you know, Dan Quinn did this whole 360 review. He did this whole, like, review of himself. And I do wonder, like, when Cliff hopefully did something similar was the lack of detail in the run game and finding someone who can marry his concepts together at, at a at more of an NFL level. Um, and he did depth like it, to be very clear, Cliff did not go to Arizona and run a college air raid. That's not what it was. But can there is is there a next level of detail to unlock that someone like Anthony Lynn can get? Um, and, and some of these other coaches can help unlock a Brian Johnson can unlock that could be really helpful. And, and I think the fact that you have now two former head coaches on on Dan's staff in general, Cliff and Anthony Lynn, uh, even if both those guys maybe got a level too high. Um, and Lynn was, I would say, like a controversial firing at the time uh, in, in in L.A. Um, it's not like Staley did much better. Uh, but, you know, that that um, level of experience, I think, is, is all of a sudden seen as, like, really fantastic. And... Uh, a, a huge positive for how they've remade this thing in D.C. Yeah, and that's part of uh, what I mentioned yesterday, just the experience that we have um, having all these guys at, you know, lower levels that have, you know, um, been professional at higher levels. And um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, just how it all comes together. I'm super excited um, for our offensive guys and things of that nature. But I, I still think defensively is where we're going to uh, get our money in. I'm excited, you know, with some of the hires that we've had on the defensive side of the ball. But I think offensively with, you know, the line, the the, the young QB, I think I, I like where we are in terms of having that experience, that knowledge being passed on to some of those younger guys. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm also curious to see what happens. Uh, Lance Newworth is the new – assistant GM. I mean, he's been in Detroit for a long time. And so it feels like, oh yeah, we're getting someone from Detroit, but it's not, it's not someone who's new in Detroit. Um, it's someone who's been around Detroit. Like what's his skill set? Why did Peters target him? Why does he like him? Um, it's kind of funny. Some of the memes going around right now. And I don't know if you've seen any of these, but it's like, 
oh, we, we went to Detroit and, and came home empty-handed. Oh, Ben Johnson doesn't want to interview. Is that a, that New Earth guy available to just have lunch to chat with? Steal their their senior director of uh, of pro personnel. Honestly, I feel better if it was the the director of college personnel based off their last couple of drafts. Um, but they also have done some nice things in free agency. And I think the other thing they've done is is a good job of knowing like when to let players go. Um, so that's a part of that as well. And we'll we'll see ultimately how they handle, uh, you know, the the distribution of responsibilities and scouting uh, when it comes to the decision making here in DC. Uh, more on this next. Logan Paulson and I discussed on Take Command. Still to come on the Hoffman Show, 5 o'clock, Linnell pops in. Uh, are we still calling it overreaction, whatever day? Are we just going to – Linnell's coming to chat. What are we What are we doing there? Uh, I think we need to figure out a way to sort of kind of rebrand it, I guess. And Linnell's in here as well. Yeah, I see. I now see Linnell over the computer. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you've uh, – one, we don't do it on Tuesdays anymore, and there is something to like overreaction Tuesday, where it was kind of fun because it was on Tuesday after the sun. You try when you're in with me to like keep this and have a good discussion, but I don't know that like good discussions with Linnell Wednesdays uh, it really has the branding pop. So we'll think about something. Linnell's going to talk football at five o'clock, so we'll do that. Linnell, maybe we just do Linnell talks ball. We could do that, and then we could do hoops too because that's they also I don't know if you know this they play with the ball. Probably not a lot of hockey in that segment, though, which is, you know, all due respect to the hockey fans, just fine with me. Trust me, you don't want me talking hockey. It wouldn't be very good radio. Uh, still to come after that, never read the comments. Still to come after that, Mitch Tischler at 6 o'clock. We're loaded on the Hoffman Show.